The big challenge is this. How are investors like us, who are not backed by a billion dollar hedge fund, who are investing money from our own pockets, how do we buy, sell, and invest in the properties we believe in, yet still make a profit without risking all of our own money? That is the challenge. In this podcast, we'll give you the answers. My name is Nate Armstrong, and welcome to the Social Media Blueprint. Hey guys, welcome back to the Social Media Blueprint Podcast. I've got a really special episode for you this time. I got a chance to interview a good friend and mentor of mine named Chris Haskins. If you haven't met Chris yet, he's an incredible guy. He's a man of God, family man, and just a, a downright good person, good real estate investor. He's actually lost everything he had back about 12 or 13 years ago, and he had to rebuild it from the ground up. And so now his mission in life and he's been sharing that journey, by the way, literally his last 12 years, he shared it step by step on YouTube. And his mission in life is to create financial literacy for people. And um, he's created a, a multi-million dollar empire from the ground up just in this, just a little over 12 or 13 years. So you can see the whole journey on YouTube, but I just want to give you a chance to get inside of his world and hear some of the things. And I, I had uh, a few of my private members on from Social Media Blueprint, folks that are part of the family, asking him questions as we went through so you can kind of hear the process of the auction so we're going to get into the actual auction process because he buys a lot of properties at auction we'll get into some of the social media blueprint stuff too because he's also using social media blueprint to get a bunch of leads coming to him and then you can just get behind the scenes on how this man thinks and operates as a real estate investor it's quite incredible so looking forward to having you on this one all right let's cut to it Hey guys, welcome, welcome for anyone just getting signed on. We're going to be streaming live with an excellent man and mentor, Mr. Chris Haskins, in just a moment. We're just getting everything set up and getting everything live streamed. Now, the cool thing about today is that, number one, you got a celebrity on, Chris. Number two, that we can actually talk. We can talk back and forth. We can ask live questions. So there's a few different ways that you can do it. Number one way is since we're streaming live on Facebook is you can ask us questions in the comments below the Facebook post. So right below this video, I'm going to be refreshing every now and then looking for questions. And then additionally, if you caught us on Zoom, which I know that our folks that are part of our community, you probably are with us on Zoom, you can actually type questions in there. And then I'm going to go through them with Mr. Chris Haskins as well. And we're going to get to pick his brain and have a little fun today. So, um, Chris, can you hear us okay, man? Yeah, what up, Nate? Hey, there he is. The man, the myth, the legend, live in person. Good to see you, brother. You too, you too. Hey, thanks for coming on too. I know that this is kind of impromptu and not planned months in advance or anything like that, but I just want to say I appreciate your time and appreciate you being willing to come on and share with everybody today. Yeah, you too, Nate. You're amazing, brother. You're doing some amazing things. Thank you. And for anyone that hasn't met you yet, Chris, I'll give a little bit of an intro, but I'd love to hear more from you so that everyone can get to know you a little bit more too. But Chris is a very unique guy. Chris is like the most humble, chill guy that I've met in real estate that has built a lot of success, but he didn't do it like wasn't gifted this stuff. Nobody gave him a multi-million dollar real estate empire. Chris went through a similar journey that I went through. Like he, at one point he had lost it, lost it all and had to build. And this guy from the humble ashes has rebuilt everything. And he shared his journey publicly with a lot of people. And now thousands of people across the country 
call this man mentor. And I call this man mentor too, especially on the topic we're going to talk a little bit about today. Some of this auction stuff, like gifted man, Chris, thanks, man. Is there anything else that you want to share? On, I, on thinking, intro? I want to, I can't wait. I want to hear more about the ups and downs. I think that most people think that real estate is just, you buy low, sell high, make all this money, but there's some big losses too that you can take. So one day we'll do it. We'll do a venture to, to talk about that. Nate, will you do that with me? Yeah, the, you're, you're going to make me blush on that one. But, that would be so cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's it, brother. You do it one way, then you learn how to do it the right way, right? That is exactly how it goes. Chris, man, the world's opening back up again. We got a little craziness, so I got a few topics that I want to hit with you today and anything that you want to hit too. But the world's opening back up again. We went from this whole like virus lockdown thing to now there's people, unfortunately, havoc is breaking loose in some cities. And there's craziness going on, but in between, there's still this constant of we can do some real estate deals. We can oh, make yeah. we can make places better. Yeah. What are you doing today? What's working for you to make real estate work? Man, I'm big still subject to taking over payments. It's just I feel like the handle has been really cranked up on that, Nate. Nice. I guess in your world is called owner. I guess you call it owner financing, right? You don't necessarily call it subject to anymore. I don't know. I think everybody knows that language better. It's better on the like common street knowledge, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't do the subject to contract myself yeah. mostly because of Ron, Ron, mutual mentor, Ron said, yeah. well, Hey, you know, in some States they kind of crack down on this, mm-hmm. um, but I, I still love them. In fact, um, our acquisitionist Kate on our team, she signed one of them two days ago. Wow. Subject to deal. Yeah. We structured it different than subject to, but it's essentially a subject to. Yeah, man. People really need help now. You know, you can call it whatever you want to call it. I guess I guess the, the moving strategy you still have to, somebody has to make the payment on the underlying loan. Yeah. Yep. How are you acquiring? Like, what's the secret? Like everyone right now that maybe they're working on their first or fifth deal, but they don't know how to gain back the momentum again because everything got shut down for a while. What would you say to them? What are you doing actively to to get that ball rolling again? I'm telling you, well, you got, for us, you're going to have to spend a few dollars for advertising, Nate. And I want to thank you for that with this Facebook thing is really unbelievable. But you will have to spend, I know some, some of us don't want to necessarily invest the time. I always look at it like this. You can either invest time or your money, right? Either you're going to go out there and shake the trees, driving for dollars with your time, or you're going to put some money into your advertising, right? So for me, as I'm getting older, it's always easier to write a check than it is to go out there and spend a lot of my time. So yeah, we're cranking up the wheel on the online media advertising things to you. And it's, it's really cranking in the leads coming in. It's, it's unreal. It's really, it's really a, a cool system that you put together, Nate. I appreciate you for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So a couple days ago, I don't know, a week ago, you had mentioned that you had one lady on the phone from it. Did anything like what, what kind of conversations are you having? What's What's real life? No leads are perfect. So I, I want to know the real life. What's happening? Well, just like, I guess, in any lead generating business or scenario, one would say the majority of the leads are not going to be great. You know, I mean, matter of fact, some of the leads people are calling in, they don't know what I'm like, why in the hell are we even talking? You don't even, you don't even own a house, <laughs> but it's cool. I guess it's just the business, right? So yeah, the, the second lead that came in, I guess last week, the lady, man, I went to see the house. She loved me. I sent her my little credibility kit with my family and everybody's warm and fuzzy. And she goes, well, you know, I don't, I just don't know about leaving that payment in my name. She had zero equity. So 
I talked to her this morning. She didn't didn't sit well in her stomach, so I think she needs to sizzle a little while. And like a lot of homeowners, they they're not feeling the pain due to that deferment thing. Uh huh. I think that pain is going to come in, and I want to. I think it's our obligation to paint a clear picture for our homeowners that these payments aren't going away. You know, they're just kind of. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe. I don't want to tell them that they don't have to make it. I mean, I'm trying to figure out because this is the first time that I've had so many people that are don't have the payments. They don't necessarily have to make the payments, but they are still cranking up. You know, they're still adding up. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are. We're going up against Ron LeGrand, by the way, Nick. You know that. When's Ron LeGrand? What? What's happening? He's on all day today. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Ah. So you're, you're telling us what you're doing now to bring in these deals. So you're paying some media. Mm-hmm. Um, are you back in the auction game yet? Are auctions open again? They are here. Matter of fact, they got a list of 20 of them here. We just uh, have a virtual assistant. She pulls them every week. We get people to do the skip tracing and then we're either, we might even go up to the house to, well, we were going to the house before, but I'm not doing that anymore. You know, just the COVID thing. So can't get them there. Then we just go to the auction. I'm like, we're going right there. You got to have your money. You got to be knowing what you better know what you're doing. It's, I would not say that it's for newbies. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The last one that you bought at the auction, because there's a lot of people that are asking about auctions right now. As most of us know, there was a freeze in most cities and states. So Mm -hmm. like auctions kind of got backlogged in now that freeze is lifting. It sounds like it lifted in your area. And so now the backlog, you might have a little bit of a surge here coming Mm -hmm. through. The last one that you bought at the auction, what's that like, man? Like (laughs) you got to have cash. (laughs) You got to move fast. Like you're bidding against other people. Can you tell us that journey? You do, brother. Well, the thing is, every state's different. I know I have a business. One of my lenders is in New Mexico. They have to close in two to three days. I can't remember if it's two or three days. But in Virginia, all we have to have is 10% of the purchase price. So okay. we, if we're buying it for 100000 you got to have 10000 right then on the spot. 10 Gs. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> to me now, it doesn't sound like a lot now, but I mean, you know, when I start out, I'm like, God, 10,000, man. I mean, I would never be able to come up with that type of money years ago, you know? Yeah. And, and so so you're there, like, literally, you got your cashier's check of whatever yeah. amount you plan on bidding that day, 10%. Yeah. Um, in the last one that you bought, we can talk about that one specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, what does it work? Auctioneer, is it like we see in on TV? dollar here, $2 here. Like what's going on? How do we do this? Break this down for us. Yeah. So uh, in our area, it's so people have the so misconception, right? They think they got this auctioneer that's opening bid starts at, uh, they have a low bid and then it's bid it up. People think that that's how it goes. Doesn't work like that. I thought it worked like that because <laughs> I went to, do you remember when um, auction.com was doing a lot of stuff like 2010, 2011. And they would actually like promote bringing a horde, a, a ballroom full of people. Mm-hmm. That was my auction experience. I bought a couple properties at auction. So there's like okay. five, 500 people in the room and like, yeah. it was like a, a cattle auction. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's the real auctions like? Let's talk about the, these auctions you're buying properties from. Yeah, we're talking about foreclosure auctions. And I want to make sure we're clear because... I think that word foreclosure gets thrown around so loosely, Nate. And people say, well, I bought a foreclosure when they really bought an REO. They don't quite necessarily, you know, it's it's just, it's used very loosely. But I'm talking about going to the steps, bidding right there. There is no opening bid that's going to get 
a low bid and they're waiting to for the bidders to bid it up. The bank has submitted their number to the foreclosing trustee and that's it. They're going to say, listen, the opening bid is 80,000. Does anybody want to bid? And then they're going to shut up. And then everybody looks around and see who's going to bid first. And then we start bidding and it, it only goes up. They never lower the bid in Virginia. Now, I can't speak for every state, but it just doesn't go down. And you only know what the bid is when the trustee arrives. You can't, there is no knowing what, you don't know what the opening bid is until you get there. In in this mystery opening bid, and uh, you got you got Eric Jones asking uh, about this actually too. He said tax deeds, foreclosures, trustee auctions, question mark. Uh-huh. Uh, but this opening bid kind of seems mysterious. Like who sets that number? Government, the county, the tax. Like who sets that bid? That's a good question. They, you know, it's crazy. Foreclosures in Virginia—they're just—they're not even regulated. Like, there's no one, no government system that's going down and saying, "Did you do this? Did you can't ask for so much over this." The bank just sends over the trustee the the number, and then they go out down. And I've seen Nate. I've seen loans, original principal eighty thousand. I've seen them as four hundred and seventy thousand. I've seen original principal loans at two hundred thousand open up at forty thousand. Who knows where this stuff comes from? That I haven't, I haven't figured that one out yet. Okay. So they set this bid on your last property that you bought. And did you jump in right away? What'd you do? No, like, never yet. Never do that. You always wait till the people start bidding. And then I think this one, the guy owed about something. It was 40 something thousand. I can't quite remember. And then we bought it for 30 something. But yeah, so the opening bid, you don't know till they get there. So they open a bid up. They say, we, this is a bid. Any, do we have any, any, any bidders? And then you got to start bidding. You, I usually wait until they say going once, going twice. Then I bid. You're the shark that takes it at the end. Like, boom. At the end. <laughs> okay. So this one, this particular deal you got, other people were bidding on it. Oh, yeah. And then it, it got literally down to the wire and then you threw your hat in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit, man, so many of them. I guess the guy bid and then we're going back and forth. And my favorite bid is a dollar over. I know it, it pisses people off. <laughs> What, my what, money, was going, what was going, what emotions were going through you? Like, what were you thinking when you did that? Well, the thing about it is I'm emotionless, really. I mean, you know how this thing is. Nate. You, I mean, we've been seeing so many of them. Their emotions are gone. They're down in my big toe. What about when the guy that just got beat by a dollar, what about when he gave you the look? What? Yeah, he was pissed. Matter of fact, that got it on videotape. So, why, you know, I take my camera people to the steps with me. But yeah, they're a little upset when you win, but shit, man. So they bid, they bid, I bid a dollar over, and then they say, only bid we're going to take is $100. And then they'll say, highest increments, we want 500 because they want to speed it up. Because we'll stay out there, man, for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, bidding it up $100 at a time. Did, did you secure the deal with that one position, or did you have to go back and forth a little more? Yeah, we went back and forth for about 15 minutes. I think I got 100 He They changed the increments to $100, and we won it on that. Okay. Okay. So eventually they say, okay, sold. You, you get the victory. Yep. And, and then what happens next? Well, don't forget, you can't even bid until you show them that you have your proof of funds, you know? So they don't even, unless you have a cashier's check, uh-huh. you can't even, you can't, they're like, uh, they have a sign in form. Yeah. And they're like, uh, well, we need to see your cashier's check before you can sign in and actually bid. So just, I want to make sure your listeners how do they regulate you? Let's say you brought in a $5,000 cashier's check, so you can 10% would be 50000 How do they regulate you from bidding sixty grand on a property? Well, I've seen that too. So you got somebody that only bought fifty, dollars and then the current bid's $59,000. Uh-huh. 
some if they win the bid, they'll go. Uh, if the person doesn't have the ten percent, they'll go to the next person. They'll redo it. Uh, I've seen arguments. Hey man, you didn't. You only got five thousand. What are you doing bidding? It can get real crazy up there, Nate. And what the hell are you doing bidding? You know. Okay, so you had the ten percent, so you won it. Now what? You give the check to somebody, like what happens? Yeah. So they trust you. It's typically an attorney. So he's like, uh, let me see. Well, here's the purchase, whatever we agree on the price. Give them the $5,000 and you make it out to yourself and then you sign it over to them. And then they give you something called a memorandum of sale, which shows that you did buy it. And you can record that if you want, but you're the new owner, but you're not, you don't have what we call, you know, real estate, you you have ownership and you have possession, you know, you don't (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I laugh now, but it's serious. You don't have possession, so you own it, but shit, you, you can't go over there and go in. Yeah, so tell us about that because that this is the good stuff now. Okay, so you won the bid, <laughs> but you don't get to start like renovation the next day. Like, what happens in real life? Heck no. Well, hopefully, you don't have a crackhead in the house like one of mine. I mean, but you got to deal with the tenants. I'm mean, I've had several where the tenant just doesn't want to move. So let's say you do have a tenant, right? You got to go introduce yourself because you better get some insurance on it. Because if it burns down, then you lost your 5000 You don't have insurance. Yeah. To get insurance on it that, that day. I remember taking a, one of my coaching clients after we won a bid one time. He goes, well, now, well where do we get the key? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, if you put down cash, you'd, you'd think you'd get the key, but you don't. Okay. No um, key. So, yeah. And you don't have the deed yet. You have a memorandum of sale. Mm-hmm. So now you're in this kind of window, this window. How long is that window? In Virginia, it's two weeks, 14 days, 14 days at the end of 14. Do you got to bring the rest of the money? Yep. You got to go find the money where, well, you better, you should have it already secured before you bid, but yeah, you got to bring that remaining money in the foreclosing attorney is going to talk to your attorney or your title company. Uh-huh. They're going to interface, do a HUD, send it over, make sure it's sweet. And not once do they ask about the house. They don't, the house is irrelevant to them. They don't care what condition it's in. So let's just say from the day you gave 10% to the day of closing now, 14 days later, the house does burn or windows are kicked out or whatever. Is that too bad? So sad? Too bad. I had mentioned when I had one, the guy stole the, you know, the aluminum siding. Mm-hmm. I went to the house when I bought it, it was white. The next day we went to it, it was black. No, <laughs> he, t- he took the siding with him. <laughs> took the siding off, brother. Because you know that aluminum siding, they can get, I don't know, pennies. For, I don't know what they could recycle it for or something. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That was something. I was buying a property once. It wasn't auction or foreclosure, but I was buying a property once. And I always have a guy, either me or somebody on the team, walks the property the day of closing just to make sure it didn't like burn down. <laughs> and he calls me, Adam was his name, young guy. Adam's like, Nate, Nate, I don't know what to do. The, there's this guy here and he's ripping on all the doors. And I'm like, well, did you talk to him? And he's like, no, man, he's got a big crowbar and he's ripping out the doors. And I'm like, well, you know, if he's not violent, could you just ask him what he's doing? So he walks over to him. He's like, hey, you know, uh, we're buying this house. What are you doing? And then the guy says, I'm the seller and these doors weren't here when I bought it. So I'm taking the doors with me. Oh my and then, goodness. So, so I'm like, Adam, let me talk to him. So he puts ad, puts him on the phone. And then I explain to him like, Hey, I'm the buyer. Like, Hey, you know, if you really want the doors, I can get doors installed for about 200 bucks a pop. So we'll just deduct that from the purchase price and you can keep the doors. And, and, um, then Adam calls me about a half hour later. He's like, Nate, the guy's reinstalling all the doors right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> 
trouble, no problem. Usually uh, money they want, right? Money solves a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But so you you got your house the siding ripped off on it. All right. Yeah. So, so stole the siding, yep. So that so then uh 14 days comes up, you bring the rest of the money there, you now get the deed, now you're the owner. Now, how do you get possession? If someone's in the house, how do you get possession? Well, I already started my eviction process the next day. My, well, I think I might have started. Uh, sometimes we try to start on the same day because you're already at the courthouse. You won the bid. You can go right in and do an eviction of all occupants. Now, whether the judge will say if I was the owner at that time, I'll take my chances. He doesn't know. He's not going to. Well, I don't know what he's going to do, but um, nine times out of 10, I don't think the judge is going to say, well, did you own this house when you filed the paperwork? Hopefully they won't, right? You're yeah. bidding at the courthouse. You can go right in and file your unlawful detainer or your eviction. So you got to file that soon. Well, if, if you're squeamish with that, you got to file for an eviction. Or do I just call it the deal of the devil. You got to go talk to the tenant and see if you can get them out of there. Give them a few dollars to move on down the street. Ah, like cash for keys. Same thing. Yeah, just like you did with those doors, man. Money. I'm like, I go over there. How much money? What do you need? How much do you need to get you where you need to be? Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. And so on this one that you most recently bought, did you have to do that with the occupants or was it vacant? Yeah, I had to do it. Got to make the deal with the devil. You did the deal. Uh, how much did it cost? Can you share? Yeah, I think it would cost me 900 bucks. Either five or nine, I, I can't remember, Nate. either five or 900, whatever it was, I'm happy to pay it. I want my house, you know, the dollars, as long as it's not crazy, we can help them get them down the street. And we have them sign an affidavit saying, listen, I blank am accepting X amount of dollars. I will be vacating the premises not to return. If I do return, I agree that it's trespassing, all that stuff. Ah, the legalese. Well, the yeah, brother. In this particular family, any challenges or was it? pretty clean deal. No, he was a crackhead. So yeah, he was challenged. He took, you know, took a lot of stuff. He was pooping in the, no water. He was pooping in the uh, bucket and throwing it in the backyard. Just nasty, Nate. No. People. No. You... It's terrible, Nate. Oh, man. Drugs are terrible, man. Really, so I feel bad for people that are going through this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. It, I have nothing against people that do decide to drink, but it's why I don't drink. It's, I watched an uncle basically die in his fifties because of it. And it's, mm. he had so much potential and, but you get trapped into waste. a cycle and you're not coming out of it. It's a waste, brother. Sad, man. So yeah, we got him, he was gone. Then we went in and we, that house was a tear. It was so bad. We had to tear it down. You had to tear down the house? Oh yeah. It was, it was, oh, it was that bad. Oh, wow. I didn't know you got any projects like that, too. So you literally knocked this thing down. Nate, I don't know how the hell he was living in there. It was terrible. No pl- I mean, the plumbing didn't even work. I mean, the sewer line, did not not only did it, did it not have any water, the sewer lines were broken and uh, it was just nasty, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so what's going on with that property today? Rebuild, new construction. Yeah. We're, we're building a new house. No biggie. Wow. Yeah. No, no biggie. Just no for the guy with the big S on his chest. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Nate, you do this stuff. You buy, we pay 7,000. The house is gone and put a new one on there. And I forgot about it. Sweet. And so now you got a builder that's building a new house on this lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to have to be another day that we interview you again, man, because we, we want to know how you structure that. Yeah, that's cool. That's some fun stuff, man. Turn them down and put the drawings on and all that stuff, dealing with the appliances. I mean, utility companies and 
pulling footers and all that stuff. You do new construction, Nate? I did. I did. I did four brand new houses and You've done everything. The the actually I've done six. Two of them went so good with a builder, <laughs> and then I I signed up for four with the same builder, and um, it didn't go as smooth as the first two. We had a lot of complications with and, him or with the deal. You know, I don't blame him. In fact, even on the other deals in my life that I've lost money, like, yeah, I've made some bad decisions, but ultimately it comes back on me. That's a real Um, winner. Real winners take responsibility for everything. You have to, you have to. I lost my, my shirt, my like literally like had to sell the majority of all of our rentals and Mm -hmm. had to liquidate everything over really big redevelopments. Yeah. So we didn't tear these things down, but they were uh, Chicago, downtown, beautiful, like not beautiful area, but not beautiful properties. They're old rundown duplexes. And we couldn't knock them down because if you knock them down, then you'd have to basically adhere to modern day code with new construction. But as long as we left three walls up, what we were doing is we'd knock out the back wall, dig down in the basement, go up with the thing. And then, so redevelopment. So it's almost Mm -hmm. new construction, but- And anyways, that's where I got my, my bucket. My butt was kicked inside and out on those. And that's why I'm more squeamish now on getting into big renovation projects. There are people that do them though. Like they, they do them, they do them really well. I'm yeah. just, I just have my butt kicked there. So I prefer the simple deals. Nice and simple. The yeah, higher the house, the better. Butt's hurting a little bit from sitting on all those problems. Problems. Thank you for calling me out. Yes. <laughs> I've <laughs> been there, bro. I need that. I've been hey, there. You, you got a couple of questions. You mind if I insert them as we kind of go here too? Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Hit it up. Okay. So Eric is asking, do you check, uh, Eric Jones is saying, do you check for tax and utility liens before completion of purchase? Eric, good question, brother. Here's the thing. You can do this one of two ways. You can consider yourself a title expert, which I know some people do. You know, some people say, listen, I'll do my own title search and I'll depend on myself to go look up, see what position the loan that's foreclosing in. I just don't think I'm that good. So I pay to have a title search, guys. So the title search will tell you, hopefully, all the problems that you're going to be taking on. And yes, taxes could be one. Some things that are unseen could be water, uh, a utility bill that's attached to the property. I've seen that. A sewer bill could be a few thousand. But the main thing is those taxes. Yes, that could be a problem. So you better get your title work done before you bid. Before you bid, Eric, don't be buying this house. And then we don't operate by the hope. I hope there's no taxes. I try to take that word hope out of any acquisition that I do. No hope. I don't want to hope that it's done. Pay to verify. Just pay the, yeah. You're gonna, you know, now, the, the problem is, once again, you're going to pay to have a title search. For me, I don't know about Nate, but we do every, before I'm going to spend 10 grand. Yes, I could lose it, but I don't want to lose it. So I'd rather spend a, a hundred bucks or 200 to verify that this 10 is going to be good. We may lose the bid, but that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah. Probably too, Nate. Do you do a search or you just depend on the previous lender to have done their research? No, I'm in your camp with research. I haven't gone to the, the county auctions and bought like that before, but gotcha. the, when I did go to that big mass auction, oh, I, I paid the title company. They pull I a did. title search for like 40 or 50 bucks. You already got it. Yeah. Yep. And then it's the same... Smart. Same thing with the the seller. Like we talk to a lot of sellers because of these Facebook ads. And before we get too far down the rabbit hole, like if I know I'm going to wholesale it as an example, I don't want to like totally engage a buyer unless I know that the deal is going to work. So mm. we'll send the file over to the title company 
and they'll just do a quick title search and they'll tell us if there's any extra liens that pop up on it. Nice. Then we know it's safe to show it to our buyers and all that kind of stuff. But Eric, I think he's worried about buying something and then something popping up. I think that's, that was the spirit of his question. Yeah, I agree. He says that um, when he's done it before, he pulls the lists of the sales the day before the auction. And then he runs around town the night before the auction to look at them all. Oh, and- shit. You, you ask. <clears throat> <laughs> Eric, you're a bad man. <laughs> Chris, you're not you're not peeking through windows at night <laughs> the night before. <laughs> I will go. We definitely we definitely drive by before we put some money out. We do a drive by. I have somebody on the phone, but you better you got to do that three four days. You got to do your title search, Eric, several days before, and it might be four or five or six. We got Mr. O'Neill here. Uh, Mr. O'Neill is asking, can you explain how you do the seller financing process? Oh yeah, sure. That's, that has nothing to do with the foreclosure, but yeah, we, we don't necessarily do owner financing. I don't know about Nate, but I don't want to give up the deed, which you can. I don't want to give the deed up. So we're going to either do a land contract. I'm sorry. Yeah. A land contract or a lease option, Mr. O'Neill. So I don't, I don't know if I want to recommend you giving up the deed because unless you're in Texas, because then you have to foreclose. Is he in Texas, Nate? Mr. O'Neill, let us know. O'Neill smile. Let us know where you're at, man then we can go a little deeper on that one. And I totally agree with Chris. Like if we're going to do any kind of term, so to speak, with a rent to own buyer, we try to keep it as just a paper contract, not a transfer. I did one. I, I shared this story with Chris a week or so ago that I've had two notes that could have been called due. I had one actually called due and then another one potentially because I sold it by giving away the deed on the seller finance contract. And my banker reached out to me saying, Hey, we don't like that. So Hmm. fortunately a few months later, that guy ended up leaving and I legally got the deed back, but I wouldn't do that again. Not a, and Mr. O'Neill says he's in Massachusetts and thank you. I don't know Massachusetts. I don't know Well, Nate might know better. I don't think they have a lease option thing. Texas is the only state that I know of. Yeah. Texas, for whatever reason, I don't know the history, but they didn't like that rental own deal and Mm -mm. they went after it. So Mr. O'Neill don't do, and I said, no, I don't want to say don't do it, but I guess if Nate, Nate is the expert, you know, so if, you, if he's holding on to the deed, I'm holding on to the deed, you know, I guess think about doing it. Think about that at least. You got one here from Eric. Eric says, how do you convert a quick claim deed received from the auction to a warranty deed prior to selling it to a new buyer? Wow. That's a good one. So they quit claim the deed to you. That's nasty. Yeah, and he's saying from an auction. How do you convert a quick claim deed received from an auction to a warranty deed and then sell it to a new buyer? You're going to have to, yeah, you're going to have to do a whole new closing and yep, you're going to have to deed it into that, brother. You're going to have to do a full search, 62-year search. You can do it though. Just sell it from yourself to yourself or sell it to another entity you own or something like that, but you're going to pay recording fees. You're going to have to pay. Ah. I don't know where the fees are in Nate's town, but shit, you're going to pay. 8% here. If it's $100,000, you want to pay 800 bucks to record all that crap. There you but go. then Eric. you have your deed though. Eric, let us know if that helps you, man. If, yeah. that, if that makes sense. Sell it to yourself, Eric. You're going to have to do that. Sell it from yourself to the entity or create a new entity. That way you got your deed. Beautiful. You got Paul Cusick saying, thank you for doing this. This has been very informative and I know very little about foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And he says, can you talk a little bit about the relationship between what the seller owes and the purchase price, are they related? Who was that? This is Patrick, Patrick Cusick. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Excellent question. I wish there was some relation. 
you know, I, I, I try to figure this stuff out when I'm looking at what they, what we call it is the original principle. That's who's going to foreclosure, right? So the original principle. So the original principle, let's say it's a hundred fifty thousand. You, you can share screen if you want. Feel free. You you got should have full control. If not, tell me and I'll make sure that you get it. Okay, so I'm gonna pull up my little list that we. I'll pull up my current list so you guys can see what it looks like. What we go through. This is cool stuff here. Y'all got you guys are getting the price of admission today. Yeah, yeah. And we got another one coming up after this. Wayne is gonna ask us about reverse mortgages. Okay. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed part one of this episode. It's just too good to limit to one show. Join us next week to hear the rest. This is the podcastfactory.com.